Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> BFFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with a bald faced truth. Utah will be at Autzen Stadium on Saturday night, 7.30 kickoff on ESPN. Josh Furlong is the sports director and beat reporter who covers Utah football in Salt Lake City. Josh, thanks for joining us. Uh, quick question right off the top. Kyle Whittingham's teams always seem to play better when he needs them to play better. What is his secret, and how much better is this team right now? Yeah, I think it's, it, that's kind of a loaded question to some extent, right, in the sense that you, you obviously lose Brent Keithy, who's one of the, the, the best playmakers on the offensive side of the ball for Utah. Um, same vein, Utah's getting you know their guys that have been injured healthy, their offense is clicking. They're putting up at least 42 points every single game the last few games. And so from an offensive perspective, I think things are still kind of where they're at. They, they've... They've hit a stride where they, they're not having these stalled moments and um, they're to do well. For me, I think defensively, I think you have to look at it and say it's an improvement. Uh, in September, really, even October, and to some extent, uh, the defense really struggled to contain runs. Dual threat quarterbacks offered a, a real problem to Utah. Um, but you're starting to see them kind of take that, that progression, right, and being able to move forward. So I think Utah, by and large, is probably better than they were in September. Um, but I think it's, it's different areas that has kind of waned over the over the course of the season. I know USC wants another shot at Utah, and, and they're probably looking at that title game going, there, there's their opportunity to avenge us. Who does Utah want to play if they get to the championship? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know, obviously, like, last year you, you beat Oregon twice, so I don't know if there's an appetite there to have Oregon back in the championship game if Utah gets there. Um, I think, you know, just the natural course of it is probably wanting uh, to get a rematch at UCLA. Uh, I just don't know if that's going to be feasible. I mean, there's, there's a lot that has to happen for UCLA to get into that championship game after they lost last week. So I think that's probably the one that Utah feels like uh, would be kind of more of a natural fit of, hey, we want to do it. But, look, if, if Utah really wants to make a statement, not that the playoffs are on the line or anything like that, uh, you know, getting a win over USC is always a, a good feeling for Utah. So I think in, in terms of pure, you know, quote-unquote rivalry that you want to kind of match up with, USC would would be the team you'd want. But I think UCLA is probably the team that they would feel they'd match up better with um, and they could also get some quote-unquote revenge. Josh, uh, Cam Rising at quarterback, we saw, you know, he didn't play in the Washington State game. He seems to be back. How healthy is he? Yeah, I think, you know, he's, he's still got one of those uh, little sleeves on his, his uh, knee that, that kind of indicates that he's still kind of going through some things. But I think you're, you're starting to see him progress each week. Last week he ran the ball a little bit more. Uh, he seems uh, to be back in, in regular form. So I don't, I don't think there's anything necessarily hindering him unless there, there was a setback during practice. Um, but, I, you know, I think, I think Utah is going to be at full health with him. Uh, I don't think it's, it's an issue of, of him not being able to do things. But they've also kind of built in some new wrinkles into the offense to allow it so that they can maybe use a different uh, quarterback to, to get some designed run plays or different things that way. But 
you know, I think, you know, when when they kick off on Saturday, Cam Rising is going to be healthy and, and he's going to still uh, be there for them and in the, in the capacity that they need him to be. Now, he was favored in this game by, you know, a point and a half, two points. Uh, I saw it creeping towards two and a half in some places. And then all of a sudden, uh, we have Chris Hudson, wide receiver at Oregon, who, who talks about the game and talks about Ty Thompson on yesterday about, you know, as if Bo Nix is not going to play. The line flips. Uh, we got a five-point swing here, Josh. I know you you noticed it. Um, if Bo Nix can't go, how does that change Utah's defensive plan? I don't, I don't know if it necessarily changes it drastically, right? I mean, obviously they're going to have to prepare for a different quarterback who there's not a lot of tape on. Um, but I think just the, the pure nature of what Bo is able to do kind of changes that dynamic of, of how Oregon is able to play. So I think there will be some things that, that Utah would have to kind of dial back or, or change up a little bit. Um, but I think, you know, it, go into it preparing for Bo Nix because I think that's the that's the quote-unquote worst-case scenario for Utah, right? It is a mobile quarterback that can do a lot. It's proven it this year, especially with Oregon's offensive line. Uh, and then if you get somebody else, that's not to say, you know, Ty Thompson or anybody else that they could throw out there couldn't do it. Um, but I think that I think it changes you for the better to be able to say, okay, look, this is this is where we have to be to be at full capacity, and if something changes, we can dial it back or or modify it a little bit. So, you know, I think I think that's going to be the real interesting thing to see from Utah. How do they handle that? Um, is it a smoke screen? Is it is it you know reality? Uh, I think you know obviously Utah fans right now are are kind of I don't know if called loving it is the situation because you got a a segment of the fan base that. Uh, is is pessimistic and thinks this is a smokescreen, and <laughs> others that say, well, no, duh, they're going to play Bone. And, you know, I mean, it, it's just crazy. But I think either way, Utah's going to prepare for Bo, and, and whatever happens on Saturday, you know, come what may. Give me an idea. Tavion Thomas, you know, I know he, he had some family issues. He lost a key family member in his life. And, you know, there were parts of this season where people kind of wondered, would he be part of this team? And now he, last week, he comes back. He's very effective. Utah looked great running the ball. Is he back engaged now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you've seen a lot of him really trying to be a, a team-first mentality. And I don't want to say that he was, you know, solely focused on his own desires and his own dreams, but I think he kind of started to to believe in that a little bit, kind of thought that he was going to go into the season as this dynamic running back who was just going to dominate in the conference and, you know, the next trip was going to be the NFL and he's going to live his dream. Um, but then, you know, the adversity hit where his aunt died. She essentially raised him his whole life and, uh, that kind of put him in a in a rut. Uh, you know, he, there needed to be some account, accountability from him, and, and Kyle, you know, didn't let him play. You know, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, that sacrificed Utah's chances uh, to be able to win some games. But uh, I think it was it was a bigger message to send to him that it's like the team is above anybody else, right? Um, but I think that lately, you know, he's saying the right things, he's doing the right things, he's been much more active on social media, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. But on social media, he's you know he's saying the right things of trying to say like this is a team first mentality. Even after the game on Saturday, he you know he he deflected the, the praise for himself about how many yards he ran and the fact that he had more rushing yards than Stanford had total yards. I mean he he put that back on the team and, and you know said that this is just an effort to to help. So I think Utah's in a good spot with him right now. I think he's in a good spot right now. Um, and quite honestly, you get a refreshed and rejuvenated Tavion Thomas, which is, is great things for Utah if they can get that run game effective and, and opening up those holes like they've seen the last few weeks. So it's, it's good news for Utah, but, you know, there's, there's, always, there's always a chance that, that things could flip. But I think, 
the way that he's been playing and the, and the the mindset that he's been in right now, I think it's good news for Utah. I am a big fan of Andy Ludwig, the offensive coordinator. And what I saw early on was, you know, it was very tight and oriented. A lot of th- the passing game was between the hashes, uh, screens to running backs and tight ends. And now we watch more of a running game last week, starting to use the outside receivers a little more, get outside the hashes. Um, it just feels like it's coming together for Utah. Like, they... They are uh, they're a different matchup than they were, I think, when Oregon State played them earlier in the year. Yeah, I think there's there's an advantage to to what's happened for Utah, right? If they've had they've been forced to kind of open up the playbook a little bit, uh, and, and really kind of try to find different playmakers that can work. They they have a lot of guys that could always do it, but they relied on Brant Keithy, and, and and obviously you don't want to see a, a season-ending injury to anybody. Um, but I think in a lot of ways it allowed Utah to be more diverse and allowed them to be more effective because. You know, Brant was always going to get his yards, and he was always going to be effective that way. But this allowed Utah to really just kind of look at around, look around them, and say, "Okay, we got talent here. We got talent here. How do we exploit it?" And, and quite honestly, it helps. You know, the game tape for other teams. Like they, they can't, they can't scheme on just one guy or try to take him out. They've got enough scheme on a bunch of different guys. So, you know, you have to credit Andy Ludwig for what he's done this year. I mean, he's he's been given a tall task to to really take a whole bunch of people that have been injured in and out, running back room that hasn't been consistent, wide receivers coming in and out and, and doing different things that way. And, and he's found a way to do it. I mean, he put up 42 points the last few games. They're, you know, they're hitting it at a high rate. They went toe-to-toe with USC and, and found a way to come back and, and fight in a game that honestly probably shouldn't have gone Utah's way. Um, so, like, you have to really credit his ability. He's seen a lot. He's been around the block. This isn't his first time. So I think that, that comes with being a veteran playmaker and, uh, and and just being able to, to really look at your personnel and scheme towards it instead of forcing a scheme and, and forcing Utah players to kind of adjust to that. You know, I kind of am thinking that Oregon will play much in the same way they did in the wake of the Georgia loss. I like the response to that. I like that they came back. They're not at home. If this game's at Rice-Eccles, Utah wins it 10 out of 10 times. But this game being in Eugene, Oregon seemingly people writing them off. I'm curious to see how the Oregon defense comes back, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You will be there. Josh, uh, help me with this. If Oregon loses this game, I think it's it's it borders on devastating given that where they were you know, two weeks ago, thinking about a playoff, now suddenly relegated to an Alamo Bowl or a Holiday Bowl or worse. Like, you know, I think it would be a bad uh, run here for the Ducks or a bad finish to their season, kind of like last season. What would it? What would a loss to Utah mean? You know, I, it, it's funny because based on the preseason projections, I think a loss here would be disappointing, right? Like you came into the season, everybody expecting Utah to be the top of the conference. They were picked to win. You know, a lot of people saw them as a playoff contender. Um, but I think given, like, as people have kind of dialed it back, I think it, it still can be a success, right? And quite honestly, there's, there's still a, a chance that Utah could get to the Pac-12 championship by losing this game this week. So I don't think everything's off the table for them, and I don't think the season will necessarily be marred by that. Um, but it, it would definitely be a disappointment from where Utah thought they could be, um, especially if you end up, you know, in the Holiday Bowl or something like that where – the prestige of that compared to the, the the Rose Bowl is just drastically different, and you probably have a lot of guys leave early to be able to go prepare for the NFL draft or something. So it would definitely be a disappointment. I don't think it's the worst scenario. I mean, you know, finishing the season with nine wins is nothing to be, be upset about, but based on the expectations, I definitely think it would be something that uh, would hold Utah back and, and uh, be be something that, that, you know, everybody in the program would be a little disappointed about. He's the sports director at KSL.com and a beat writer of Utah football and Utah basketball. Josh Furlong, I will see you in the press box on Saturday night. 
Sounds good, man. I look forward to it. Up next, University of Oregon football coach Dan Lanning. Who's going to start at quarterback for Oregon? I'll ask the question. Text your neighbors. Text your friends. Dan Lanning, next. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.